We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now our test is jumped over the scores table. Our test is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, November second, twenty eighteen. Alex Berutha here, sitting next to Shannon McEwen, and next to me in person is Ken K. Train Kreitz. Choo choo! I, I left my whistle in Vermont. Sorry, fans, but I am in the glorious office of Shannon McEwen. We're really just sitting here in gym shorts. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a good look. It's a good look. It works for all of us. Yeah. Ken is sitting about four inches away from me. We're sharing the same microphone. Um, <laughs> we're, we're eating uh, two sides of the same bagel. I was going to say pasta, <laughs> yeah. like a pasta noodle. Pasta, yeah, it's morning time. Right. <laughs> That's what we do here at the Roadwire office. We eat pasta in the mornings. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review, or you can download and listen to it on the Roadwire website. Uh, today, we're going to obviously go through... Uh, top news as we always do, and then we're going to talk about some sell-high candidates, and at the end, we'll round things out with some DFS picks. Uh, For top news of the day, Devin Booker is questionable against the Raptors. Uh, He's been missing some time, and Isaiah Cannon uh, had also missed some time, so it's been a lot of Elliot Kobo, Josh Jackson. Uh, Without Devin Booker, their offense is pretty sparse, so um, they've been leaning a lot on on DeAndre Ayton. if he plays, uh, do either either of you guys think he could be worth playing in in daily fantasy at all, or is that something you might want to avoid? If he plays, absolutely. Um, I, I question whether or not he'll play or if they'll send him one more game. But yeah, anytime anytime Booker is available, he's worth a look in in DFS. He's one of the few guys that can go off for sixty fantasy points in a given night and not be priced above above ten thousand dollars. So. He's a good option. And, and I mean, you just look at how futile the Suns have been the last few games without Booker. Uh, you know, Okobo, 
Jackson. I mean, Okobo's had one or two, basically like one and a half good, good, solid outings. Uh, Jackson's been miserable. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's really, they need Booker and, and Beyond him, I mean, who else do they have? Aiton, Aiton's been okay um, with Booker out. Not as good as I would have expected. Uh, you know, that could be partially matchups. TJ Warren, but what's he do? He shoots the ball. That's it. Doesn't do anything else. Yeah. yeah. I've gone back into the uh, podcast library and removed our Jackson recommendations since he's shooting like 8% from the field or something with, that, with 120 turnovers. I, I, I did the math. He averages at least 17 turnovers per minute. <laughs> uh, other news. Uh, Gordon Hayward looking good last night. 18-4-5 with uh, three made trays from behind the arc. Uh, he had this interesting play mid-game where he went up for a pretty awesome block near uh, near the glass. Uh, like, literally on his way up, everyone's like, oh, my God, Hayward's back. He's totally athletic. They call, it was a questionable goaltend call. And then and then immediately after landing, he kind of winces and starts limping around. Um I don't think Hayward's back. I think it's going to be very gradual for him and Kyrie. But, guys, were we silly to think those two were going to be all-stars immediately coming back from these injuries? Kyrie's going to be fine. And I think we saw that last night. He was fantastic. Um, Hayward, I'm worried about. We Before the season, we have him projected for 15 points. Four, or Our current rest of the season projections are 15 points, four and a half rebounds, three assists. I think that's about, like, that's the ceiling for him. Like, if he hits that, I would be thrilled. Ooh, really? Um, even last night. Is that I, more about Hayward or more about Jason Tatum? Just it, it's more about just the Celtics' depth. I think Hayward's fine. I think I think if Hayward were on a team that did not have near the amount of depth that we see with the Celtics, he would be out there playing 31 minutes a game already. He would be taking more shots. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't be the same Hayward we saw in, in Utah, but would still be averaging 17 or 18 points right now. He would be very slow for the last 10 minutes of those 30 minutes. He does not have the the fast all of his production yeah all of his production came in the first half last night exactly yeah i think he can i think he can maybe after the all-star break um he'll have some time to kind of recover a little bit more get his win back encouragingly he's shooting 41 percent from three on four attempts so he's got his legs under him enough he's got the form good enough to shoot it's just that his overall field goal percentage is 43, so he's having issues getting to the basket. The mid-range really isn't there. He's he's just a different player with the Celtics. It's kind of like watching Kevin Love play in Minnesota and then seeing how he played in Cleveland. Like It's similar for Hayward. Like In Utah, Hayward had the ball in his hands all the time. He was the primary scorer, primary distributor. He's never going to be that for the Celtics. Right. Um, and speaking of primary scores and distributors, Harden is James Harden, uh, as opposed to the other Hardens, is questionable or excuse me, doubtful, just messing this whole segment up, with a hamstring injury. He went full, through a full practice Thursday. Um, probably not going to play tonight against Brooklyn, but there is hope that he could play Saturday against the Bulls, um, and that's per Jonathan Fegan of the Houston Chronicle. Um, do you – I mean, Houston right now is in is in a bad place. Um, they they are one in five. They have uh, the same amount of wins as the Phoenix Suns, uh, the Washington Wizards, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, do you think his return will fix at least enough of their problems for them to start being competitive on a regular basis again? Or do you just have issues with so many other pieces around the team that you still have like actual worry about Houston being a contender this season. Contender wise. Absolutely. I mean, the defense took a horrible step back, losing Ariza, uh, losing the other forward of the Clippers, whose name I won't butcher here. Mahamute. Thank you. Um, so I think that's going to be an issue year round. Fantasy wise, of course, Harden's going to get a gazillion crazy amount of volume, you know, uh, and obviously should be in lineups every day. He's healthy. Uh, tonight, though, are we looking to Eric Gordon tonight with Houston, uh, with Harden issues? Yeah, Eric Gordon. Uh, Melo's coming off a bad game, but he had two solid outings before that with Harden out. So I actually I think Melo's going to be a solid play again. He's also actually discounted on DFS sites now compared to the previous nights because of that bad outing earlier this week. Um, so Paul, you know, CP3, Eric Gordon, and Melo, you know, 
those they don't have anyone else to score in the perimeter. Mellow's fifty eight hundred DraftKings tonight, and Eric Gordon's fifty nine hundred. So both nice discounts. But I want I want to weigh in. I don't think the Rockets. I'm not worried about the Rockets. We had in, in our NBA roundtable this week. Uh, the question was, you know, name your top five Western Conference teams, and I put the Rockets five. I think one or two other folks did as well. Um, to me, until Harden gets back and we see how they play after that, he, Harden and, and CP3 have only played two games together this year. Um, so I'm just not worried about it. I'll, I'll see how they play one, once those two are healthy, um, and especially Harden because it's really his team and, and, and whether or not they're successful rides on him completely. Uh, so I will wait to see, but they're still top five in, in my eyes. Uh, staying in the Western Conference, Ken, you have some news for us about Anthony Davis. Uh, well, didn't play last night. Julius Randle looked uh, awfully good in his steed. Actually, didn't start Randle, but looked skinny, great. Skinny Okafor. Skinny Okafor, yes. Got the start. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it was him. You know, skinnier. I wouldn't no, go so far as skinny. He's real thin now. Uh, I, I, he's, think, I, I think you're grading on literally a curve there. He but, is um, real thin. I'm not lying. Well, I've never seen that. Man Randall that had something like 23 points in some crazy, like a 12 minutes or some crazy amount. But then he had foot issues, and so they'd take him out, and he'd start jogging and stretching in the hallway. Uh, uh, but anyway, the bigger news: Davis. Uh, great quote that Alex collected about Davis pregame. He said, "I have quote a pain level of six. It hurts to pass, shoot, and dribble, which seem like important aspects to an NBA game." But uh, is he, this brings up one of our favorite topics of the pod, is Anthony Davis an ongoing injury concern, Shannon? He always has been. You always say he's not. No. You're like he's a rock of Gibraltar. He's always been an injury concern throughout his whole career. I'm going back into the library. Alex, you're too young to remember all of last year. I actually wasn't even born. I forgot. We have the inc- the baby incubator here in the corner. Yeah, just pumping out like NBA writers. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been established. We've talked about it many times. He has a history of missing games due to injury. What I've said recently is that for the most part, like it's overstated. He has still played sixty one or more games in every single season of his career. The last two seasons, seventy five games each, but. The fact is, yes, he occasionally misses time. Right, we'll, let you, we'll let you off the hook this All time, right. Shannon. Shannon, tell us about your good friends at Playline. Our good friends. All of our friends. Uh, so, hey, guys, try Playline.com, the fastest-growing fantasy sports platform in the space. You have a chance to win a million dollars for free every day. Over $1 billion has been available in prizes this year. Founded by UFC champ Michael Bisping and two-time NBA All-Star Roy, Roy Hibbert, Playline.com is fantasy sports simplified. Unlike more traditional DFS sites, which re- require you to set a complicated salary cap-based lineup, Playline just lets you select the players and, and, and the points and the stats that they're going to accumulate. How many points will LeBron score tonight? How many rebounds will Anthony Davis get? Zero. Uh, how, how many assists will CP3 have? Depends on Mello. Lock it all in. Wait for your winnings. For a limited time, Playline.com will be offering a 200% deposit bonus. Triple your money. You cannot beat that offer. Use promo code NBA Millionaire. NBA Millionaire. No spaces when you sign up. Check out Playline.com today. Love Playline. It's a blast. Uh, did you guys ever see Roy Hibbert with Deadless Shrimp? When they were on Parks and Recreation? Yes. Yes. Oh, epic show. Why right. Detlef Shrimp doesn't have more media work is utterly beyond me. But uh, we, we want was good. We want to get Roy Hibbert on the podcast with Nick. And yeah. I, if that happens, 90% of the questions will be Parks and Recreation. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, That's what they should be. Yes. Yes. All right. So today we're going to get into sell high candidates uh, for your fantasy teams. Um, because we'll just dive right in. I have... Danilo Gallinari, who I literally just traded to Ken yesterday in, uh, <laughs> in our keeper league uh, for the likes of, of John Collins. There were some other pieces there involved. Were some other pieces. Mike Conley was involved. <laughs> also, um, I'm tanking. Um, 
But Gallinari, we know he has an injury history, and it's not it's it's not, not like pretty. it's not like a Anthony Davis injury history where he's still going to play sixty plus games every year. Gallinari might play forty games. Keep the ambulance engine running. History. Exactly. He can just walk. Yeah, it's it, it's always running. Um, they have a hospital room ready for him. And it's all, it just says Gallinari right and on the Italian front. Italian nurse like, oh, Montalbani. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but that other than, other than his injury history, he is shooting uh, an unsustainable forty eight percent from three. He's a good three point shooter, but that won't stick. Um, so, I think there's a strong chance you got Gallinari at a discount anyway in your draft. You might have picked him at. 120-ish, probably outside of the top 100, um, depending, I guess, who you were drafting against. I think you can maybe scrape together, you know, some, you might be able to get like Laurie Markin in for, from a guy, you know, if you're playing a fantasy league against someone who's close to the top and they're panicking, they need a guy now. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I would be interested to see what I could get for, for Gallinari if I had him. G- Gallinari is a good sell high candidate. I mean, he's averaging a career high in points rebounds despite playing three to four less minutes than he has the past couple of seasons per game. So, I mean, 20 and a half points, six and a half rebounds, uh, two and a half threes. He's been great. But like you said, the shooting is unsustainable. And the fact that he's doing this at a, a lower level uh, of playing time than he's seen in previous seasons, just make it all the more obvious. He's got uh, two more years on his contract. Do we, do we see him finishing the year in LA on the off chance he's actually healthy? I think there's a there's a strong possibility of that. I you could I think he'd be a lot easier to move next year. I think I think it, my my guess would be he finishes this year on the Clippers um, because I don't know who's going to trade for two years of Danilo Gallinari. Um, but next year as an expiring contract, I mean, there might be some contenders that would that would be willing to give up you know some young pieces for him. And the Clippers are the Clippers are playing for this year. Um, they, they might, they're four and four right now. They'll, they'll probably get to a point where they start selling off pieces, but I don't know if Gallinari will be a guy who, who a team's interested in. Um, all right, let's move on to one of my favorite sell high options. I've got, I'm going to start off with two from the same team. Ken, you can piggyback with me here. Um, is that legal in the state of Wisconsin? It is. (laughs) Um, we're going to the Kings, uh, Actually, I'm going to just talk about the Kings for a second. The Kings have been great, won like five games in a row. Uh, De'Aaron Fox had a gigantic triple-double last night. Uh, the Kings are not going to be good this year. Do not believe in it. Uh, you know, The Magic had a similar start last year where everyone thought maybe maybe their young pieces, Peyton, uh, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic, had rounded the corner and they're going to be competitive. And, and after a 6-2 and two start, they fell off a cliff. We're going to see the exact same thing from the Kings. Um, so the two sell high candidates from that team, in my in my view, are Bielitsa and De'Aaron Fox. Uh, De'Aaron Fox coming off what what was it, thirty one, fifteen, and ten or yes, something sir. something absurd. Exactly that. With um, skills well and uh, four uh, three threes. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't get off be coming off a better game than that. If you can trade him for a top thirty player, I don't know. I, I I don't know who, but I think it's worth dangling him to see if you can get a better option. And then Bielitsa, 30-year-old forward. He's playing over Bagley right now. I just, I don't... 59%. 59%. Help me out here. 59%. Is that going to last, Ken? That will not last for Professor Big Shots, though I do like saying Professor Big Shots repeatedly. Yes. There's just no way. He's 30. He's not part of their core. Once once they stop having success, I expect uh, Bielitsa's production to drop off because he's probably going to lose a starting gig. Ranked 23rd. Uh, average, uh, average game stats on Yahoo right now. Uh, you know, I want to take a, that as a tangent even uh, about the bigs in Sacramento. Have they already decided Willie Cauley-Stein and Marvin Bagley cannot play together? Is that why... Professor no. Big Shot's getting all these minutes. No, and it's silly to it's silly for anyone to write off someone like Bagley at this point. Uh, I mean, look at De'Aaron Fox. People thought he was his his value was so low going into this season. People thought he had a crappy rookie season. He didn't. It's just that most rookies don't come out flaming like Donovan Mitchell. Like this is a natural progression. Bagley's been really good in the time that he's played. I agree. Actually, I'm more thinking about writing off Willie Colley Stein. Do they deal Stein so they can start Bagley at the five? It might be possible at some point, but Stein, you know, even though he doesn't rack up big defensive stats, is is a good defensive player. 
Um, and and he's been playing really well this year, so I don't think so. I mean, he, you easily could have said Coley Stein was a sell high candidate because he's been playing that well this year. I think he might be a sell high candidate. Yeah, there's a there's a few interesting things about the Kings, like you you, you guys mentioned about Bagley. Um, well, and let's let's first talk about Harry Giles because he kind of fits into that in, into that front court role as well. So in terms of the breakdown positionally, Willie Cauley Stein is seeing 100 percent of his minutes at center. Bagley's at 51% at center. Harry Giles is at 22% at center. I'm just not sure. Like, it's all of that is not really going to. Um, they got to make some decisions there. I don't think those three guys can survive that front court. I don't think a team that starts Bagley at center will be very good defensively. I mean, he's he he'll get blocks, but I don't know if he's actually like I'm a not, good yeah, defender. I'm not saying he won't get defensive stats. I'm saying he is not good defensively. Like, Cully Stein is a sound defensive player. Right. And so they got to make some decisions there. Um, as far as their team, you know, being 6-3 and three right now, they're, in terms of the players who take the five most field goal attempts per game on their team, all shooting over 50%. All of them. So regression is coming. Right. Um, and three of those guys are essentially shooting 50% from three, if not 55%. That's exactly what we saw with the Magic last year. Aaron right. Gordon was on fire from downtown beginning of the year. Uh, Evan Fournier, like, it's the exact same thing. We're going to see regression from the Kings. I think anyone on the roster you could you could target as a sell-high candidate. Um, So we're going to – Boston played last night against Milwaukee. Got to win. Um, close game throughout most of it. Um, Boston had some periods where they pulled ahead. Milwaukee came back. Um, really uh, intense game towards the end. But um, I say that to say that I think you can sell high on Marcus Morris. Um, it I think a lot of it does depend on how you feel about Gordon Hayward. If you think Gordon Hayward will play really well after the All-Star break, will emerge as a legitimate starter who sees starters minutes, I think then you probably don't. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to continue thinking that Marcus Morris will you know, play this well, especially since he's shooting 50% from the field and 50% from three, those numbers on their own aren't sustainable. Uh, let alone, you know, his possibly his minutes with Gordon Hayward, um, and, and just the myriad of other players, um, the, the Celtics have stress myriad of other players. I mean, I don't, I am a shameless Celtic Homer yet. I have few to none Celtic shares on my dozen teams, uh, because it's just going to be a different lead scorer every night. I think you can sell high on everyone but Kyrie right now because, you know, like we saw Tatum, Tatum is freaking amazing. And what did he do, 12-4 and four last night? I think we all agree don't sell Tatum because you'd be selling low, though. That's the one guy who you'd be – like Kyrie and Tatum, if, you're, if you have those guys, don't sell low on them. Hold those two. But they're all uh, – when I think sell highs, I just think like bigger names where the production just won't be as steady. And even Tatum is a big name – that they just don't need him every night. There's no one in that line of thing right, need every right. night. And so, you know, give me somebody on a crummier team uh, that, you know, a Donovan Mitchell that they're woefully dependent that, on. That's also looking at it on an individual night, like a game-by-game basis. At the end of the season, we know that Kyrie and Tatum are going to have stats. They are going to be quality fantasy options. Now, for Tatum, it might mean that he has seven points one night and 28 the next. But that still equates to seven, you know, seventeen and a half points per game. Um, you know, Morris is a guy I agree, sell high on him. He he has knocked down fourteen three pointers over the past four games, um, averaging about eighteen points per game over that stretch. It's not going to continue. Uh, he's not going to stay as hot from downtown, and that team has too much depth. They don't well, need him. They're not going to rely on him to score 18 points per game. I want to say he had something like 30 starts last year, and if he gets more than five or six, it'll mean big injuries for the Celtics this year. Yeah. Uh, Ken, you're going to tell us about Rudy Gobert. Oh, just that uh, – look, I love Rudy Gobert. Um, fantastic player, but he's eighth right now on road, on Yahoo – because uh, he's shooting 75% from the field. He probably will end the season shooting 60-65, but he's not going to maintain 75%. Also, Donovan Mitchell's out uh, tonight, so his stats may even be gaudier this weekend. May There may never be a better time to bring in uh, a lot of talent in exchange for the Stifle Tower. Yeah, it's three 20-point games in a row for Rudy Gobert. 
Uh, I'm not going to go back and look through, but my guess is that's the first time it's ever happened in his career. Um, when you when you dunk the ball every time you shoot it, you don't miss that much. Helps the percentage. Yeah, you do not miss much. A um, couple other names on my list. We've talked about JaVale McGee quite a bit. Um, he's coming off an absolute monster game. True. Um, he's been a very good source of, of points, uh, decent rebounds, block shots, field goal percentage. JaVale what do you want to say about Mr. McGee? Uh, I think I kind of said everything I wanted to say. Our last podcast broke. I mean, to the point where I was breaking down field goal attempts per 100 possessions. You're a believer. We we understand that. But do you believe that he's going to continue to be a top 25 fantasy player for the rest of the season? Because he's 24 based on game on, on game averages right now on Yahoo. So is he going to continue to be top 25, top 30 fantasy player? Or would you trade him for... Yeah, an underperforming center that that you think has better long term value. I might trade him only because I would be worried about the Lakers bringing in another center, like a Robin Lopez or something, to bolster their their depth later in the season. Um, you know, the buyout market's always a possibility. But like I said before, if we're talking like over under 14 points a game, I'm not afraid to take the over. I think his rebounding is sustainable. His blocks are relatively sustainable. If he continues getting 27 minutes, I think he can play 27 minutes. The question is, do the Lakers want him to play 27 minutes? All right, minutes? here are some names that he he's ranked higher than right now. And I want to know if you would trade JaVale McGee for Marc Gasol. Yes. Clint Capella. Hmm. Maybe. I think that one's obvious. Come on. I think it's obvious to go with Capella. Um, just get Adams. more rebounds. You'll get more. Re- yeah, Steven Adams. Uh, Steven Adams is an issue because he shoots so many free throws and he bricks them all. And he gets doesn't really get the block numbers. I don't know. It's it's tough. I would have to like you know I'm gonna be a I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out answer and say I have to look more at the numbers. But I have Javale in multiple leagues and I have no interest right now in getting rid of him. Al Horford. No. No, you would not. You would rather have JaVale over I'm Al. leaving. No, I think <laughs> we I, just I, talked about the Celtics, yeah, yeah. all those guys. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, you know, they have right. they have it's, rebounders. Like I know he gets assists, I know he can hit threes, but everyone should, in the league hits threes. We should be reprimanded for for not mentioning Al Horford during that Celtics discussion. So yeah, I apologize. Sure. Okay, no, that's interesting. Um couple couple other guys I have on my list. Uh Vucevic. Zach Levine, Blake Griffin, all three are off to monster monster starts. Top twenty five players right now. Um, for Vucevic, my reasoning is he's an expiring contract. That team has Mo Bamba, Aaron Gordon locked up long term. Uh, Jonathan Isaac. They are going to trade Vucevic this year. I don't care. We've been saying it for for two three years now. It's actually going to happen this year. And when Vuce goes to a new team. He is not going to be the centerpiece of the offense. He is not going to have the type of stats we're seeing from him now. I know his shooting percentages are ridiculous. Uh, It's just, it's unsustainable. Still going to be a good player. I still think he's probably a top 50, top 60 fantasy player. But if you can get a top 25, 30 guy for him, I would trade him today. Yeah, I think think that's a good call. Um, Because like you said, and it's kind of been, it's been no secret he doesn't necessarily fit with the rebuild. He's in his age 28 season. The amount of money that they would probably have to pay him to keep him Here's relative the to their their overall team production. He's a little bit of an injury issue. The entire team is seven feet tall. Yes. Yeah. There's no way they re-sign him. All right. But what about what about Zach Levine and Blake Griffin? Now, Levine, I think it's pretty obvious. Everyone knows that team's going to get done back. They're going to get Markinen back. Um, you know, Parker could could actually do something eventually. So so counting on Levine to continue to score 28, 29, 30 points per game is is just not realistic. Like he will for the, the next couple weeks. Done out, yeah. But but once that team gets healthy, once Dunn returns, once Markinen returns, I mean Levine's gonna see a dip. So I I'm again I think Levine's a top fifty player from here on out the rest of the season. But if you can get top twenty, top thirty value for him, do you move him? Yeah, because also the injury history too, right? Mm-hmm. That absolutely. 
Yeah, I th- I, that's probably a good call. I mean, over he's been passing a little better um, lately, but yeah, over his past four games, 45% from the field, 36% from three, which is good, but probably a lot more realistic in terms of, of what he'll actually um, shoot moving forward. Um, and did you want to touch on Blake Griffin quickly? Yeah, I want to hear a little uh, piston shade from Mr. Michigan over here. Yeah, no, I love Griffin. I was targeting him in all my drafts. I thought in that in that 45, 50 range, he was a great grab. Um, he's been on fire to start the season. I mean, you could argue he's having the best season of his career. Um, he's a different player now than he used to be. Uh, so is, is it sustainable? Uh, you know, he's aver- his, his shooting percentage, unlike his shooting percentage from three is inflated right now, but unlike many other guys that you'll see on this list who are shooting, you know, 10 percentage points above their norm, Blake's only shooting 49% from the floor. He's not like, you know, the past couple seasons, he's been a bad shooter. He's been about 43, 44%. But prior to that, he was routinely hovering around 50%. So I don't think it's totally unheard of that he could still stay in that 47, 48, 49 range. You so know, I think he does. And here's here's two reasons why. They had to force him into the Pistons with no prep work with that uh, SVP trade, uh, SCG trade, Stan Van Gundy. And, you know, then they get rid of Gundy. Casey's got all summer to figure out how to better use Drummond and Blake together. As you pointed out, he shot that well before in the past. I like Casey as an offensive coach. I let, you know, he made nice changes, especially during the regular season for the Raptors last year. Uh, I have confidence in, in Casey and Blake uh, continuing these numbers. I'll throw it out there. Because, you know, I'm a positive ray of sunshine. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have to agree for the most part. And it's not just the three-point. Agree with who? Uh, both people. I think you, you Blake, Blake, Blake Griffin's having a great year. Um, it's not just the three sell point high, percentage. Not sell high, millennial. Oh, sell. Oh, I'll say sell high. Like I will say that because uh, we know he has an injury history. Like this is the classic. Like yeah. you could sell him to a, a uh, someone in your league who's like from Detroit. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, like fifth. Like if you're in a twelve person league, someone's in fifth. You can be like, well, you want to just take the risk on Blake Griffin, yeah, try to win. You, like yeah, if you can trade Blake Griffin for the injured James Harden. Then yes, you do it. <laughs> yes. Um, like maybe you, you, I would do that in a heartbeat. Or if you're able to get maybe Devin Booker, maybe it makes sense for you to trade James Hart or I'm sorry, uh, Blake Griffin for a guy like Devin Booker. I don't know. I think that one's actually a closer call um, because Blake right now. I mean, I see. I think the scoring is going to come down a tad, uh, but I still I see him averaging a career high in scoring this year because the Pistons need it. Um, this is assuming he stays healthy. I mean, we didn't even touch on the the injury aspect. He never stays healthy. Um, this is a guy who's just, I mean, been cursed by injuries the last four or five years. So, you know, that's a that's a that's a part you have to factor in. But I think he's going to score a career high. I think his rebounds will come down, probably be closer to about the eight boards that it, we've seen him grabbing over the past handful of seasons. But his assists are probably going to go up. They're only at four point three right now, and the Pistons actually need him yeah, to not facilitate. Like Jackson suddenly, yeah, doing a great they, job. They need him to be the main distributor on the team. So, you know, he could be 25, 24, 25, eight rebounds and five assists for the rest of the season. So it's it's a minor sell high for me, but only if you're getting an absolute stud. Right, and I think it's important to know as far as his scoring goes, it's not just being inflated by his three-point shooting because he's he's taking about, he's taking, well, exactly more, th- he's taking three more free throws per game than he was when he joined Detroit last season. And he's shooting about two, three percent better uh, on two pointers on about two more attempts per game. So like he's, he is turning into a better scorer. Yeah. What they do is they, they, uh, you know, they have him as the primary ball handler on a lot of possessions. And then you've got, you got screens and teams are switching off. And then once he gets one of the smaller guys on him, I mean, he takes advantage. He backs him down. He gets an easy bucket in the post. Um, so you're seeing more of that instead of him going up against a guy who, who's the same size or bigger. All right. Well, uh, Alex, I believe you have some fabulous things to tell us about our sponsor. Yeah, we love DraftKings here. Um, we we play on DraftKings basically every day. We obviously talk about our picks later on. Um, we've partnered with them. And so what you, you can get six-month memberships to Rotowire for free if you go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings. If you sign up for a new account and make a $10 deposit or more, you'll get six months access to all the tools and sports on our website, rotowire.com. You're going to get lineup optimizers for DFS, weekly rankings, uh, premium articles, 
full season draft software much more for for ten dollars and then you can enter that ten dollars in a contest to potentially win more money um all you have to do like i said go to rotowire.com slash draftkings and follow the instructions disclaimer eligibility restrictions apply new DraftKings users only see draftkings.com for details all right, so that's the perfect segue into our DraftKings picks for Friday night, uh, my favorite segment of the week. And I'm going to touch on a guy we already mentioned, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I think I think the ownership on Carmelo is going to be deflated because of his poor outing uh, in the Rockets' last game. Um, and, and that actually, you know, that has led to Carmelo being a discount for tonight. You know, this is all assuming Harden doesn't play. He, he's doubtful. Um, so keep an eye on that. But if Harden sits out, you've got Carmelo at 5,800. 5, uh, you know, even even in the poor game against Portland, he, he had 12 attempts, played 31 minutes. The two games before that, the one in which Harden got hurt and then sat out, he had 17 and 18 shots, played over 30 minutes in those as well. I think you see a bounce back outing. I mean, I'm not going to defend Carmelo Anthony. He is not... He's not very good anymore, but uh, I'm confident that he's going to reach 30. You've always loved points. his defense. Yes. Always. Yeah, it's a, it's a great matchup for sure against Brooklyn. I mean, he has an opportunity to – it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he put up a, a season high in scoring. The over-under is 450. Yes. <laughs> Actually, only the second highest of the season um, at this rate. Um, I'm going to stick to the same game. I have Karis LeVert at 6,600. Um, one of the primary ball handlers for Brooklyn. Um, I just don't think that Houston really just has the defensive personnel um, to the point where I would be worried um, about anyone's production on the opposite team, except maybe point guards because of Chris Paul and uh, to some extent centers, but Capella's not exactly dynamic offensively either. Um, yeah, Levert at 6,600. We know he has 40-point fantasy upside. He can pass. He can get rebounds. He'll hit some threes. Um, fast-paced matchup, like we talked about, uh, over/under of six hundred and forty-two and a half. Um, so I think I think that's a fair game to target just in general. Um, and uh, yeah, but Ken, you want to take us uh, to Toronto? I do. Uh, I've always loved this guy's defense. Pascal Siakam, thirty-three plus minutes, last three uh, contest, coming off a fifteen and fifteen game for the Raptors. Uh, certainly he's going to do a lot better when Kawhi is not starting. He is playing tonight. But still, Siakam's defense is so good. They keep him on the floor. He contributes steals and blocks. Uh, frankly, I wish I had more shares of him in our season-long stuff, but I like him tonight. Yeah, back-to-back, 42 points or more fantasy outings, 44 and 42.75 fantasy point outings. Uh, he, you know... The, the Raptors aren't going to be a shorthanded this time out, but Siakam still only 4,800, and you're not going to find many guys with 40-point upside at that price tag. So I like that play as well. Um, another guy for me, Wendell Carter Jr. is coming off a very, very solid three-game stretch. Um, his matchup's tough. He's playing the Pacers, who are actually, like the I think, the, the toughest team against opposing centers. Um, but I just like where Carter's at right now. The Bulls are shorthanded. Um, you've got Dunn out. Uh, you've got Markkinen out, obviously. Um, Wendell Carter's kind of – see, Portis is out as well. So Carter's seeing more run and getting more looks on offense. Uh, he's got – he had 55 fantasy points in his last outing. 25 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, 3 steals. Um, before that he had 34 and a 31 point outing. So it wasn't just a, a one game flash in the pan. He's only at $5,000. Um, he's risky. All rookies are. Um, but I think, I think he's starting to kind of round into form here over the past three games. Yeah. I think it's important to note that you mentioned that the Pacers are really tough against opposing centers because they have, I mean, they have Thad Young, they have Miles Turner, they have Demonis Sabonis, but Wendell Carter's most recent, outburst was against Denver was Nikola Jokic and Paul Millsap who are great defenders of their own Um, and I think it's worth noting that Carter is only shooting 45 percent from the or 46.5 percent from the field over that three-game stretch and 28.6 percent from three so he I mean he has room to shoot better yeah it's not exaggerated by you know an inflated field goal percentage right Uh, can I bring up a name more for entertainment value than for a bidding 
Dwight Howard returns for your Washington Wizards. I think the most people excited about this are soap opera writers. They're like, bring the drama. Right. They're already uh, a stew of negative feelings, and you're bringing in maybe uh, the most hated teammate in the NBA into the mix. The over-under for that game is 231, though, uh, against OKC. I can see Adams. I mean, I can see Howard just trying to make a point. He's only 5,200. He's going to get cheap rebounds. There's no other decent bigs on that Wizards team. Right. I uh, it's going to be fun. He's starting. You know, that's Start, something. Yeah. The one worry I have, there are a couple worries. One is that it's his first game of the season. Uh, he might be ha- might have a short leash and, and only play 22 or 23 minutes. Um, he also has, has admitted that he's still dealing with some pain in his back. So Is it his back? Is it his back? You know you want to say back. it. It's, it's a little south of the back. No, it's it's south back. of the back. The dude had like invasive <laughs> back surgery. It's his back, all right? That was like, <laughs> you are a different person after having that surgery. I know firsthand. Dwight Howard. Shannon's lying on the floor right now. As I he, considered he, it's him. sad, really. <laughs> I considered him at 5,200, but then I saw, you know, you have other options. You have like Carter Jr. I prefer more. Um, but Hart, Howard is interesting. If I knew that he was going to play 25, 26 yeah, minutes, yeah. I'd I be a lot more comfortable plugging him into my lineup. Um, one other guy I got here, uh, Noah Vonley, is com- he's, he's been playing really well. He got inserted into the Knicks starting lineup. Um, he's coming off a 42-point fantasy outing, 14, re- uh, 14 points, 10 rebounds. He had 8 and 10 the game before that. Um, you know, playing playing over thirty minutes per game over the past two games, he's only forty eight hundred. Uh, there's some risk there. I don't expect him to go off for forty points, uh, forty fantasy points on a, on a very regular basis. But if he's seeing thirty minutes, he's going to be right around a double double. Um, and then let's talk about Derrick Rose. All right, Derrick Rose. Everyone knows he had his big monster sixty nine point fantasy outing, fifty points, four rebounds, six assists. His price didn't go up like at all. He's only fifty four hundred. Um, is he worth playing tonight on DraftKings? I hate that. My knee jerk reaction is always um, don't chase points. But Jones is hurt. What, what's Jones' status? Is Jones hurt too? Jones and Teague are both questionable. Um, so we'll have to see. We know Jimmy Butler's returning. Uh, so that certainly f- comes into play and, and factors the type of usage Derrick Rose would see. He's not going to be force-fed 31 field goal attempts like he was in his last outing. <laughs> um, but he's been pretty consistent. You know, Coming off the bench, he's still been seeing about 26, 27, 28 minutes for the Timberwolves, wh- which has resulted in a lot of 29-point fantasy outings. I just think especially if Teague's out, at 5,400, I love Rose tonight. Five even, assists the last five games. Yeah, even with even with Butler returning, if Teague's out, I'm I'm rolling with Rose. This is where we uh, announce always check your daily lineups on RotoWire.com. Go to the daily lineups page, as well as go right under the news section. You can see the highlighted injury information. Uh, I just have two more names to round out quickly, uh, both in the same game. Uh, Dallas versus New York, um, kind of battle of the basement in each conference here. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s at seven grand um, against Dallas. Uh, we know he has thirty-five to forty fantasy point upside every time he takes the court, just because he they just he'll take twenty-five shots a game without regard. Um, Doncic, uh, four hundred dollars more at seventy-four hundred, obviously against the Knicks, um, who aren't good. So I think that, and it's in New York, and I, if you're a person who believes in narratives and people playing better in New York and we LA are. and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, then, you know, then Doncic is, is definitely someone to take a look at because he has, I mean, he has triple double upside, but he hasn't been passing, I think as well as people expected, but he's been scoring more than people expected. One of these games, it's all going to come together. Um, and he's already, I, I believe, put up a 50 DraftKings point outing before. I, Go ahead. I'm going to argue against Luca. Um, he's been great. I mean, averaging 36 fantasy points per game. But that that's highly inflated by a 50-point outing. I mean, we're only like seven games in right now, six, seven games. And he had one 50-point outing where he scored 31 points. Um, I'm, I don't think he's going to be having many 30-point um, scoring performances this season. I just don't think he's that type of player. He really wasn't in the Euro League either. Um, he's, good for, he's good for 30, 35 points, but I think at, at 7,400, 
he's if you believe in him, go with him. I there are just a few other options that are in that same range that I'd rather have. I like Zach Levine, seventy six hundred. So he's right there. You could probably swap one or the other. I'd rather go with Levine. He's averaging six more fantasy points per game, and they're basically the same price. Yeah, I think Doncic is probably a better cash game option, just because of his higher floor than a tournament option. So I think, yeah, I think I think it's a fair point to make. I, you know, like I, I'm a huge Doncic believer, but 7,400 probably a little steep for tournaments. Um, I think. Do, does anybody else have anyone they want to mention, or is that it for DraftKings? Keep an eye on Utah if you have. Uh... If you have a, a strong feeling one way or the other, I mean, with Mitchell out, it's kind of hard to determine who's going to carry more of a load. You could see Dante Axum starting. Did you say Ingles is pretty pricey today? Yeah, Ingles is too pricey for my liking. Um, I think I do like Rubio more. I just feel like without Mitchell, they're going to have Rubio initiate the offense more. I mean, they're not going to ask him to score 25 or 30 points, uh, but... They will. They'll have the ball in his hands. He'll pick up some more assists, score a little bit more. He's at fifty-seven hundred. There's just too many other guys, um, like Ingles, sixty-eight hundred. That's uh, too expensive. Obviously, they're not going to ask. Gobert's not the type of guy who necessarily dominates the ball on offense. So I like I like Rubio with Mitchell out. I believe that takes us to the old man rant. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm moving the mic because I'm essentially sitting in Alex's lap. Yeah. I apologize for the bad sound. All right, we'll start the rant with an actual apology to Alex, even though he didn't give me the intro I asked him to. Well, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you can apologize later for that. But I will apologize for the prior old man rant where Shannon and I railed on you for waiting on centers when really you just knew JaVale McGee, this was going to be his first all-star season. Never thought it would happen when the Wizards drafted him 78 years ago. I saw him, by the way, in the Vegas airport uh, before Summer League. He was unsigned before he went to the Warriors, I would I bet $200 he's not an all-star this year. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm so probably safe. Guy. Probably safe. But still, we owe, we owe Alex an apology. But the real rant, and here comes the noise. Ah, millennials. I'm looking at you, Alex. Millennials. Vote. NBC News is reporting that only one in three of millennials will vote in Tuesday's uh, ballot. That is horrific. Only 51% of millennials said they voted in the 2016 presidential campaign, which I think we all know was an utter disaster. That's 40 million Americans who didn't vote in the presidential election. That's disgusting. Vote this Tuesday or sooner. Early voting is super convenient, and I know that's all you millennials care about. You should absolutely early vote. People who don't early vote, I question their IQ. Mm, Because it took me five minutes. I mean, from the car door back to the car door. It took me five minutes to early vote last week. You have to do it. If you go there, 8.30 p.m., wherever your polling location is, uh, I guarantee you it will not take long. And, and it's much better than going on, on, the, on the election day and waiting in line for an hour or two or ten. Ale- go vote now. Alex, will you be voting or will you be at home with your video game set in your virtual world? Uh, I will vote from home while playing Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> you can do that in Wisconsin? Vote from home? Yeah. Or, well, early vote. Uh, I... Uh... Or is that oh. only presidential? You can. Um, you to, I have no idea. You can't no do it idea. from home. Well, you in the presidential election, you can um, absentee. There's an absentee ballot. I don't know if they allow that in the midterms. Breathe some fresh check. air, Alex. Get outside. <laughs> Kiss a girl. Come on. <laughs> it's it's getting too cold here in Wisconsin. Um, I'm gonna be trapped in the apartment watching basketball. Um, I think we did pretty well on mispronounced names. Uh, Ken tentatively put Danilo Gallinari's name in there, but I did a quick check on basketball reference and it is Danilo instead of Danilo. Um, Danilo. I'm the one that's wrong. I apologize for America. (laughs) And Alex again. Well, uh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's going to wrap things up for us. So thank you everybody, as always, for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by DraftKings. Ken, 
Uh, I'll actually, I'll actually lead you into a into a segment this time. Fifty uh, percent. Uh, take us out of here. We're gonna go to Oklahoma City for our outro uh, with Kiwi veteran Stephen Adams. When asked uh, about a summer and a half ago about losing Enos Cantor to the Knicks, he said, "I mean, he didn't die, mate." Attention, passengers! This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Choo-choo! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.